All right, welcome to episode 31 of How About Them Huskies. I'm Connor, joined with Matt, Andrew, and Matt. And it's finally NCAA tournament season. March Madness is upon us. UConn is the four seed in the West region, taking on Iona, the, thir- the 13 seed. It's a close matchup between a New York school and a Connecticut school, Iona and UConn. Rick Pitino, Dan Hurley, a lot of storylines in this one. So before we really get into breaking down Iona and the matchup as a whole, I want to hear your guys' thoughts. What are your What do you guys think about the draw we got in the first round and in the second round in Albany? We take on either St. Mary's or VCU if we get the win. Well, I've seen a lot of overreaction for this game. You know, people think that, you know, Iona is coached by Rick Pitino which is definitely not a great thing. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't pick Iona necessarily if I was going to pick somebody, but that's not that's not really what this tournament is completely about. You know, Rick Pitino is not going to get NBA Hall of Famers out on the floor playing for him. You know, he's he's got who he's got. I mean, Walter Clayton, I know, is really good, and Danis Jenkins is another one that's pretty good for them, but I I don't think that they match up well against UConn. Um, especially the caliber type of players UConn has. Like, Iona doesn't have anybody who's getting drafted, and we have three players who are getting drafted probably this year, if not next year. So this this is going to be a game where if we come out and play like basketball like we have been the past since January games, uh, we'll blow this team out. I mean, they're not, they're not very good. Um, they're good enough to win their conference tournament. But if if we hang our heads and play like crap like we have the past two years and I can see this team beating us. But there's been a lot of overreaction for this game, and I, I don't really think it's necessary. I think it's a fair draw. Um, I mean, getting the four seed uh, is uh, honestly what I expected. Um, I was expecting maybe a five just because in years past, you know, we've gone out the same way and we've had the five seed two years in a row. So. I was a little pleasantly surprised with the four seed. We were only one spot in the uh, 68 behind Xavier. So uh, to me, that was a win. They only got it because they swept us. I'm pretty sure you said Connor. So, you know, had we come out, we'd beaten Marquette and then we beat Xavier. Uh, who knows? Maybe we could have been up in the three, two range, but I'm all right with the four. And I mean, obviously uh, what's happened in the past two years is going to have an effect on how we look at the game we've gone out in disappointing fashion two years in a row to two teams I felt like we should have beaten um obviously Maryland is a different situation but I mean we should have beaten New Mexico State in my honest opinion you know had Teddy Allen not gone off for 37 points uh you know we would have made it pretty comfortably I feel and I feel like uh there is a lot of overreaction to this mainly just because uh, it's Rick Pitino uh, Rick Pitino is a very, very household name in college basketball for good reasons or bad, but he knows how to coach a team. And uh, I have a feeling that if this team was not coached by Rick Pitino, uh, everybody would be looking at it differently. Uh, nobody would really have any thought to any of their players. They would just kind of be like, oh, it's Iona. You know what I mean? It, it's 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 purely the Rick Pitino factor. I feel like a lot of people are very nervous and think Iona could go through on So. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna roll with that. And I kind of like the four seed. I really don't mind that at all because we really would have had to beat Marquette to get bumped up. Honestly, the four seed is not a bad spot for us to be in at all with the way we played in the tournament. But the way I feel about this game against Iona is that it is now a one game season, and you can say what you want about Iona. They are a good team. They were able to draw twelve 
Um, Rick Pitino has done a great job with that tournament. And obviously he draws the type of recruits that you draw on the Mac, but he has done a really good job with that team. So um, I, I do think we are a better team than them, but it's just getting over that hump. You know, we didn't get over that hump getting to the conference championship this year, but this is another hump to get over the round of 64. And it'll be big for this team. Uh, if we play our game, if we play the way this team has been playing lately, I know we just lost Marquette, but that's one of the better teams in the country. I really think we're just at a different level than this team, but like you guys were saying, just can't get caught sleeping like we have the last couple of years. Yeah, we went down to Marquette. Um, Marquette are tournament winners. They they can be tournament winners. And, you know, you see a lot of overreactions to that loss as well. I, if we beat Marquette, I don't think we would have had as hard a time in the championship game as we did that with that game. That game was the championship game, in my honest opinion. But, I mean, we shouldn't lose this confidence that we had. We were on a tear. We had beaten everybody, and then you lose to Marquette. You can't look at it like you're losing to any other team because Mar- Marquette are, are a very good team. You know, I think the second biggest factor in this is this is a completely different year. You know, as much as some people might not want to hear it, last year, I know I don't know if you guys noticed this either, but some of those guys who played in that game last year, it just looked like they didn't care what the result was, and they just wanted to get out, have the season be over. They, I just didn't feel the passion from last year's team as much as I do for this year. I mean, I mean, Connor, you shared with us what was going on in that locker room after the Big East tournament lost to Marquette, how they were visibly upset because they wanted to win so bad. I just don't think that that emotion was there with that team last year. And honestly, I think that team honestly could have lost to anybody because they just showed that they really didn't want to play. But this this team's different. You know, I've been saying I like the chemistry this year a lot more. I think Hurley's learned a lot more since last year and the year before that, which is why I'm more confident this year that we can make a deep run. Um, and I also just want to say, I really don't give a damn what any analyst says. Uh, half More than half the time, all analysts are wrong with their picks, so I could care less if they have UConn being a first-round exit or winning the national championship by 90 points. I really could care less what they have to say. But this is this is a completely different year, and you know the, the reputation of us going out in the first round is going to be floating all over the place. You know, Hurley can't win in March. That's going to be all over the place. Um, so I think this is more than winning a game in March Madness or trying to win a championship. I think this is a no, you know, a proving point for Hurley more than anything. Yeah, and I'm glad, glad you brought that up about the previous teams because it kind of seemed like in the last two years, uh, a lot of our better players had one foot out of the door. They were ready to take that next step after college. But this year's team, it seems like they're all centered and focused on what can they do in college. You know, we got some vets. Um, We don't really have any surefire NBA picks besides Jordan Hawkins, but we got some really, really good players. So that's what I think makes a difference. And everyone cares. Everyone is just so focused on what can we do this season because they know they have a special group. So that's what I think will make this team different. Now, how far they can they go? Depends on how the ball drops, honestly. It depends on what a call is in a certain game. But I think that they can compete in almost any game in this tournament. Another thing with the previous teams is a part of me uh, feels like they kind of had this 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 idea that they were ahead of the curb on where we were supposed to be in the Hurley era. Uh, coming back to the Big East, I felt like for some reason all UConn fans expected to win it the first year. 
that wasn't going to happen. And I feel like for some reason they all believed that like we were this underdog, which I don't really think we were. I don't think we were an underdog, but I don't think we were the best team in the conference yet. It's all a mindset thing. And I'm very glad I was thinking about it today that we do have all of these new players and with new mindsets. It's a new culture. It's a brand new culture to the team. And I want guys like Jordan Hawkins out there. I want guys like Tristan Newton, Hassan Diara, Nahima Lean, all guys who have experienced success uh, besides Hawkins in March uh, out there and playing because, you know, we had guys, Tyrese Martin had a history of, disappearing in March. I can't remember. It was uh, against Maryland. How many points did he have? Did he have like two or four points? He was invisible. RJ Cole, he didn't do much. If if I recall, our best player last year was Jalen Gaffney in March. Um, we needed to have a culture change, uh, which part of me was kind of glad everything happened the way it did over the offseason. So many players went out and we brought a new players in. Uh, we needed new culture. We needed a new mindset. And in order to uh, have success, you need fresh minds and you need fresh bodies out there. So I think Hurley did a great job of assembling a team of not just competitors, but winners. And I want to touch upon some of the predictions we've seen on like ESPN and all these outlets. I think Andrew did touch on it real quick, but out of like, I believe it was five or six people like doing the like ESPN post bracketology show. All but one had us in the final four. And Jay Billis, the biggest Duke guy on the planet, had us beating Duke in the national championship. Part of me hopes our guys don't see all this hype around us and they think, oh, we're supposed to win. And they almost like take it for granted. Like, oh, we're, we're supposed to make the final four, win it all. We're just going to blow by Iona. We'll blow by St. Mary, blow by VCU. I hope they don't do that. And like, they, it's like a, we always use the term trap game. Like we used a couple of times this past season. I feel like all of these could be trap games just with the mindset the team could be in, but I'm hoping they realize they're a smart enough group to know they, they shouldn't pay attention to that type of stuff. Even if it's, even if it's encouraging to see all these guys believe in you, you just got to go out and win each game every day. And I'm entirely shocked that this is how it is mainly because people are looking at UConn right now, number four, and I own a number 13, and they're thinking this is easy. They're thinking that UConn won't win. They haven't won against a uh, 12 seed before. So they're thinking that UConn are one of those teams that's gonna, uh, just going to get upset and, you know, passed up on. So I'm surprised to see that they honestly think that we're going to make it that team. You know, all the respect is cool. I love seeing my team really talked about on national television a lot. But I do have to say – that where was the hype in the beginning of the season? Because everybody was all over the AP preseason number one, UNC, who, by the way, declined an invitation to the NIT, which I think is the first time that's ever happened. I mean, they were in the national championship last year. They got everybody back except one player. They were the AP number one, disappeared, and we were unranked at the start of the season. So why is everybody hopping on our train all of a sudden? Because we had a good season. I mean, I kind of like wonder if all these ESPN guys are are actually giving their real predictions. Because I really hope, I think that this team took that unranking to heart at the beginning of the season. Because they went 14-0. and 0. You know, nobody wants to see themselves unranked at the beginning of the season after really having a pretty good season last year. Um and then going ranked in the top 25 for the entire season. So I really – I don't think that they're going to be paying attention to that. I think Hurley's probably going to tell them to stay off their phones 
honestly, for this entire week because they they really don't care what people say. They're just here to win. And, I mean, we've been picked, I think. We weren't picked as an upset for last year, and everybody knows how that went. But I, I think Hurley's telling these guys, put the phones away and just win the damn game. And also, I want to make one quick point I saw last night. Then we'll finally get to this Iona preview. I know you all clicked this video for. But you mentioned if the people are, the like the analysts are doing the real brackets. And that just reminds me, Seth Davis, who he's a known UConn hater. But that has nothing to do with this. He's like locking 14 seed UC Santa Barbara to the Sweet 16. Like he said it as confident as like saying Alabama beats the 16 seed. It was just, I don't know. It's just maybe they do it for attention. Maybe they're serious. But he just has them beating Baylor and I believe Creighton easily to go to the Sweet 16, or I don't remember who the sixth seed was there, but I don't know. Let's be on that. We'll finally get to this Iona preview. And we're going to go over their roster, but first I want to do some fun facts about the team. I I know the team a little better than the rest of the three here do. I'm, I go to Quinnipiac University. I've seen these guys play. They're in the same conference, the MAC. So I know a lot about Iona. I've watched them a few times. And this is the fit. This is going to be the sixth all time meeting between. UConn and Iona were four and one with the last win coming in 2019 20 season. That was the COVID year. Josh Carlton, 19 and 12 in that game. And Alteric Gilbert, his only career double double, 12 points, 10 assists. So I bet you didn't expect to hear Carlton and Gilbert's name said in this tournament preview, but here we are. And it sucks. I know we all wanted the East region. We got Albany, but we didn't get the East for the regional round of MSG. But we're in the West, which means we're going to Vegas if we move on, which that could be interesting with some of the some of the characters we have on this team. I'm not going to go into detail with that. But we're in the West in 99, 04, and 11. And you also look at if we're in the West, we're in the West, we play potentially Kansas, and then either Gonzaga or UCLA, obviously in that Elite Eight game, if it's, so very, it's all hypothetical with all, the, with all these potential upsets, but – you think playing UCLA or Gonzaga out West is going to be a challenge? We beat Arizona and San Diego State in the West in 2011. So I feel like we can, we're built for this. Obviously, I'm saying we, as in like a team 12 years ago, completely different roster coaches now, but being in the West is not the end of the world. It's almost maybe you guys can chime in here. I feel like it's almost a good thing we're not at MSG because of all the pressure that would be, oh, it's a UConn home game in the Sweet 16, a UConn home game in the Elite Eight. Imagine if they don't win that. I feel like now that we're out West, out in Vegas, I feel like there's a little less pressure if we get that far. I'm absolutely fine with being in the West because with all the bull crap that's circulated about MSG, like, I mean, during that game, UConn owning it, and then Providence getting within five and owning it. And then Dan Hurley saying that we own MSG. And then Shaka Smart saying, who owns MSG? We were the tournament champions, blah, 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 all that stuff. Honestly, I loved MSG when I was there for the Providence game. Really cool arena. But I'm tired of hearing all the this, this stuff about UConn owning. You know, it's fun to play the Big East tournament there because I think it is store south. You know, we had a strong fan base there. But get it out of your heads because – we're in a tournament now. Nobody's playing in their home stadium. Like, there is not one team playing in a home stadium. March Madness is a completely different monster. And I'm tired of seeing all the we own MSG, we own this, we own that. And partially, that's because it's been said for the last couple of years, and we haven't won a game in March. So this is in Albany, New York, where, I mean, I, I have no idea how close Iona plays to Albany, but Albany is home of Andre Jackson's family and friends. So you have to take that into factor. And it's also not very far from UConn. UConn's fan base obviously bigger than Iona's. 
I think that might play a part. But nobody owns the the MVP arena in Albany or the the um the wherever the heck they play in Vegas. Nobody owns that. So I'm kind of happy that we're in the West because I'm I've really been tired of all this this MSG crap. And that might just be me. That might not be you guys at all. But I'm just I've been tired of it for a while. Yeah, I'm just doing a quick research. Iona and UConn are about the same distance. You got to remember, New York's actually a pretty big state. You look at, like, Iona's pretty close to the Bronx in the city. Albany's closer to upstate. So it's about two and a half hours from Iona to Albany. It's around the same from Connecticut to UConn. So pretty even there. And obviously, like you said, UConn has a larger fan base. But uh, Iona, they have a pretty solid group. I mean, Rick Pitino draws a crowd. So, I mean, I don't think – I feel like we'll definitely have the dominant – fan base in Albany and you mentioned one of my next facts Andre Jackson homecoming I don't know how how big of a factor that'll be I feel like he'll play with some sort of emotion playing back in his hometown area I know they list him as Amsterdam New York when they introduce him but he went to Albany Academy he's an Albany guy and also our last not our last loss against a team not in the Big East was against New Mexico State we have we went 11 and 0 this year against non-conference opponents. So maybe maybe that means nothing. It, it means nothing. I'll, I'll just clear that up right now. But it's just interesting to see all of our losses were against Big East teams. And now I think we'll get into the Iona preview. Finally, I have the, their players. I'll list some of their strengths, weaknesses, their stats. You guys, if you want to chime in at all, you're welcome to. But we'll start with their MAC player of the year. And he's a guard, Walter Clayton Jr., a 6'2 sophomore. He averaged 17 points, four rebounds, three assists, and 30 minutes per game. He's their go-to scorer. He can score inside and out. And if there's one thing you don't want to do with this guy, put him at the free throw line. He's an elite free throw shooter, 98 for 103. That's five misses out of over 100 attempts. That's like 95, 96%. And he averaged 20 points per game, seven rebounds per game in the MAC tournament, which I own a one, which they barely played anyone in that MAC tournament. They played the, I believe, nine seed Mount St. Mary's or eight seed, the eight or nine. I don't remember which one. Then the five seed Niagara and then the 11 seed Marist in the championship. So they didn't play too many hard opponents in the MAC tournament. Not saying there are many hard opponents in the MAC tournament, but in Walter Clayton finished up with them. Andre Jackson will probably be on him and he'll disrupt him. He'll hopefully throw him off his rhythm. I, I like that matchup a lot. I feel like they're perfect for each other. Andre's perfect to guard him because he's locked up these point guard go-to scorers. We've seen it with Primo Spears, Kolek when Marquette came to Hartford. So I, I really like that matchup. I I hope Hurley goes with that. I mean, I feel like that's just written on the wall for him. And also, I'll, next, I'll uh, I'll jump to the other all-Mac first-teamer on Iona, the big man, Nelly Jr. Joseph. He's a 6'9 junior forward, average 15 and 10 this year. He's he's pretty much a, a small, not smaller, a worse Adama Sonogo, but not a bad player, if you guys understand what I mean by that? Like they have similar play style, similar build, but Iona, uh, Adama, excuse me, not Iona. Adama is just better at at the same thing. Uh, he doesn't take any threes at all, and his free throws a little shaky. But he was he's a consistent double figure scorer. He was in in double figures twenty nine straight games until he got nine points in the MAC championship. But he's a guy that he gets a lot of offensive rebound putback. So we got to look out for that. Obviously we're a very solid rebounding team with Sonogo Klingon, even Jackson Caravan has improved as well, but you got to look out for that with Nelly. I mean, you got to give these guys credit. Obviously they're good players they are D one, but you got to think 
about like the conference that they play in, like the Mac, like Donovan Klingon would be putting up Wilt Chamberlain numbers in that conference, I feel. And like I'm not I'm not degrading these guys at all. They earn their D1 scholarship. You know, they're playing for a legendary coast. They're good players, but those guys at most would be ninth, tenth, eleventh, or not playing in the Big East, like ninth, tenth, or eleven off the bench. And either that or not playing in the Big East. So I, I think we got to take that into factor um, for sure because they're completely two completely different conferences. Like I feel wholeheartedly that UConn would go undefeated in that, but that's that's a different story. But this is just going to be a matchup where they can't take it for granted, but they're it's, it's weird playing a team like that because you can't take it for granted and just like play like crap and expect to win, but you also don't have to play your best basketball of all time. So it'll be an interesting game, but I, I feel that, that in the first half, it'll be close. It'll be less than a five point game in the first half, but I, I don't think this, this Iona team's built to run with UConn for 40 minutes, but as we saw in that damn Providence game, UConn only ran for 30 minutes until they, they really took the foot off the gas pedal, but it's March now. Everybody's got a chip on their shoulder, especially Andre Jackson. Because of the quote that I'm sure some of you saw about how he wants to go to the NBA, obviously, but he told Hurley that he'd be here for four years. And now that he told his mom he's playing in Albany and she was so happy, she almost started crying. So he's expect a, a bully game from Andre Jackson is all I'm going to say about this one. Yeah, I'm going to say this because I feel like the stats junkies listening will love it. Uh, Iona, big guys, good rebounding team. However, correct me if I'm wrong, UConn is the number one team in the nation on the offensive glass. Um, I didn't know that until yesterday. And that kind of flipped my entire view of certain games around because a lot of March, uh, a lot of it is rebounding and a lot of it is three-point shooting. Uh, I've come to kind of cook up in my head. Uh, the teams that can rebound well and can shoot well are the teams that are going to win games. And UConn has the shooters. We have the rebounders. But the problem has always been staying consistent. Um, I feel like this is a great game for us to have in the first round because these are good players. These guys are no slouches. And if we could come out and we can make kind of like easy work of them, I mean, not necessarily like easy work, but if we could come out and we, we can – Show them and show the world that uh, we are worth the fourth seed and everything that we have done in the past is behind us. And I feel like that will give us a great boost of confidence going into uh, either VC or St. Mary's. Another point I want to point out real quick, I'm not sure if I'm stealing this from you, Connor, but uh, Iona's coaching staff consists of a former UConn player and coach, uh, the captain of the 2004 National Championship team, Talik Brown which has been a hot topic of conversation over on the old UConn Twitter. Um, but correct me if I'm wrong, but I think there might be one or two players that Talik actually coached on this team. I feel like he was more present in the the era where Book Knight, Vital, Polly, and Whaley, all those guys, he might have coached Sonogo freshman year, but he's really, he's a great coach. You know, he's UConn through and through. He played for UConn, won a national championship and then came back to coach. But I don't think this is as big a factor as people are saying. You know, it's definitely – I'd love to still have him here. Um, he's a great coach, great player for us. But he didn't coach for us last year. He doesn't know any secrets really anymore. Completely different players. So he'll he'll definitely tell them 
things about the organization in general, but I don't, I don't think this is a huge factor, but it's definitely something to look out for. Cause if, if that, that team needs a fire lit under their ass during that game, then Talik Brown's going to be the guy to do it. Yeah, honestly, I forgot that Talik was with Iona until I went to see them play this year against Quinnipiac. And I saw a very familiar face doing some drills with the big men. I was like, oh, that's Talik Brown. That's right. And just another side note, that game that I was at versus Quinnipiac, who lost to the 11 seed in the first round of the MAC tournament, they did not have Walter Clayton, Iona, their best score, but they lost by 23 points. So do with that what you will. And also, I saw, obviously, on UConn Twitter, if you're not there, where are, why aren't you there? But a lot of people mentioned that Talik Brown thing, and I saw a lot of quote, t- quote tweets. It was like Talik Brown giving Rick Pitino bad information, like, this Diggins kid, he's really legit. Or like, Jordan Hawkins who? Or like, and then I saw someone else say, like, good thing he wasn't here before Emmett Hendry got here or else we'd be cooked. And it's just all these funny things. It's, I'm sure it'll be a sweet, I don't know where I'm going, a sweet relationship to see him. But it's, I feel like it's a non-factor at the end of the day. And we'll move on here. A few more Iona players. They're not a very deep team, so don't have to go too much deeper. And we're going with Danis Jenkins. He's a 6'3 junior guard. He would have been a Mac all-first teamer this year if his two teammates weren't there. They're not going to give – three Iona players on the first team. And if they deserve it, I feel like most conferences don't roll that way. He averaged 15 points, four rebounds, five assists in 33 and a half minutes. He had 27 points in that Mac title game. So he was their main man there. He had, he has had three 10 assist games this year. He's not a true point guard, but he's just found his spots. And if he's hot, he's hard to stop. He hit six threes, which is his season high in that championship game. So he's coming off of a big performance, but he's only shoots 36% from deep all season so I feel like if he like I said if he's hot he's hard to stop but if he's cold he may not be too much of a factor and he'll likely draw Tristan Newton or Jordan Hawkins defensively I don't don't know what route Hurley will go there that's also assuming that Jackson is on Walter Clayton and the next final guard in the starting lineup for Iona Barrick John Louis 6'4 senior he's a prototypical defender guy not a great scorer he's probably he's the best perimeter defender on the team probably should have been the Mac defensive player of the year that went to Josh Roberts of Manhattan he averaged 8 points 4 rebounds 2 assists in 29 30 minutes he's not a shooter at all he shot 24% from deep this year as a 6'4 guard he only made 15 so like if that if he hits a couple of threes. I mean, you don't game plan for that. You got to almost take it for what it is, but I don't think you will. And like I mentioned, it'll be either Hawkins or Newton on him. Probably the last thing I want to say about this is it's a quote from UConn Twitter. And like Connor said, if you're not there, why aren't you there? It's the highlight of my day every time I open that app. So this one's going to be from Mediocre Dan, who is basically just reiterating what uh, a lot of people, including me, are saying, which is don't worry about the draw. This is March Madness. This is the 64 best teams in the country. And to win a national championship, you're going to have to beat good teams. You're not going to play four 16 seeds to win a national championship. You are going to have to beat good teams, and you are going to have to play your best basketball. So I feel like the the worrying about the draw is completely irrelevant because this is March. Teams come to play. They're in this tournament for a reason. And that's just the last thing I'm going to say about that. Just I'm finish it with the quote, the ending of that quote, just win.
and to just win, UConn's going to have to contain the seven-footer Osborne Shima. And no, don't be afraid. He's not like a Donovan Klingon seven-footer. He's a starter. He's a more of a forward than a center. He's a kind of a skinny guy. He averaged seven points, four and a half rebounds, and an assist and a half a game this year. He shouldn't be too much of a factor. And now that I've put that into the world, he's going to have 30 points, 15 rebounds, and an Iona win. But he... He's a lengthy defender, and he's going to be matched up with Caravan. I feel like he may take Caravan out of the game in that sense because he's a solid, like I said, solid defender. He's gonna. I feel like Caravan's going to be in the corner a lot. He's going to just deny that, deny him the ball. But I feel like that wouldn't be the end of the world for us if Caravan isn't. We've had games we've won where he scored what two, three points this year, and seven three pointers in the past five games for a seven footer. So he can shoot it for a big man. And but like I said, he's. You guess he's hot right now, but. He looks more intimidating than he is. People really tend to uh, forget uh, the kind of force that UConn is when they're at their best. Uh, this seven-footer, uh, it's going to be a long day for him because it seems as if, he, as if he's the only really, you know, high, big-guy defender that they have. Um, we have two of the best big men, I feel like, in the nation – uh, Donovan Klingon, I feel like, is one of the best big men in the nation, if given the time. Uh, his lack of minutes has really kind of, you know, hurt him, stunted, him, stunted his growth a little bit. But next year, I feel like he'll come out, he'll start every game, and he'll be one of our 15 and 10 guys. But uh, the the dynamic the dynamic that this team has is just great. You have two big men who can get a bucket uh, whenever they want. Adama is a beast in the paint. He's huge, and he could just throw a hook shot up over you. He loves to go under the rim, come up the other side, just lay it in. And then you got Klingon, who's just going to back you down. He's going to get every O board over you. He's just going to tap it right in on you. And then if that's not working out, you have one of the best shooters, if not the best shooter in the entire country in Jordan Hawkins, and then some very good wing scorers in Andre Jackson and Alex Caravan, plus two dynamic point guards in Tristan Newton and, and, uh, and uh, Hassan Diara, who bring two entirely different things to the table. I feel like people who look at this UConn team and go, all right, first round, second round exit, aren't entirely thinking to what we have done all year. I think they're thinking back to that one month we had where Klingon was playing about seven minutes, uh, Sonogo and Hawkins were carrying the load, and no one else was doing all that much. But this is a different team. That's a different Andre Jackson. This is a different Tristan Newton. And I feel like um, we're going to come out and we're really going to impress A name you didn't mention. We also have a different Naheem Aline, and March is his time. And I've I've mentioned this multiple times on the podcast. He had a 28-point game in March Madness, what, two years ago, I believe, for Virginia Tech. He had a game-tying three at the buzzer to force overtime. Unfortunately, they lost in overtime to Florida. That was pretty sure the first game of the tournament that year. So Naheem Aline comes to play in March. Also had some big shots in this Big East tournament, too. So I'm looking forward to that, especially with his experience. And we'll round out the Iona preview with the bench. Like I said, they're not that deep. They're they're pretty much going to play their starters most of the time. It's all their starters in that MAC title game played at least thirty minutes. Thirty minutes, except Osborne Shima, who played twenty six. In the bench, you're looking at Anton Brookshire. He's a freshman guard, six one. He's he's he can hit a three once in a while. You have Michael Jefferson, a six seven guard, who played fifteen minutes in that Marist game, but didn't take a shot, so he's not too much of a factor. And then at forwards, you have this is quite a name, Sadiku Abin Ayo. He's a freshman. He he scored five points in that MAC championship game. He's 
he's he's not kind of a raw prospect. I'm not expecting too much out of him. They have a their backup center, Silas Sunday, who played 30 seconds in the MAC championship game. And then a guy who didn't get in but has gotten run this year, Keither Florence, also six seven forward. And they also have a starter out for the year, Quince Lazinski. He's pretty much like a Alex Caravan clone, so they're gonna miss him. He's only played seven games, so they feel they've worked without him. And also another backup guard who's not out for the year, I don't believe confirmed, but I don't think he'll be playing Cruz Davis. He's a solid freshman for them. But overall, we definitely have the deeper bench. I mean, I feel like you put us up against every team in the country. We have a deeper bench than probably 99% of them. But I feel like we should be pretty okay in this matchup overall. I lied. I'm not done yet. But yeah, um, just reiterating really what Connor said with the depth. Um, Iona is going to be tired by this second half. And I don't think that we are because in that Big East tournament, people like Aline and Calcaterra showed that they can run for a long time. I mean, if if we have to run with Calcaterra on the floor for 15 minutes of that game and same with Aline, 10 to 15 minutes, we will. And Iona is not going to know what to do with it because we're going to have people who can shoot the ball on the floor always. So I think that's really where we're going to win this game is in the depth of our bench. You know, they might get six, seven guys in. We're going to get nine or ten, and I have, have no no doubt that we'll do that. And this is also where it comes in with the difference between last year's team. We had our starting five with Cole Martin, Jackson, Whaley, and Sonogo. And off the bench, we pretty much had Gaffney and Pauly and sometimes Hawkins, but not necessarily. So we really had seven guys, uh, maybe a cook, a cook too, but we have nine guys this year who get into the game every single game, sometimes ten. So I think the depth is where we're going to really win this game. Yeah. And that's exactly what I was thinking. We're just such a different team than them in terms of just having talented guys. We could rotate in, rotate out. Our starters are more talented than their starters and our bench is deeper and arguably more talented than our bench. So I really don't see an excuse to losing this game. It all comes down to the mentality going into this one. All right, before we wrap up, I want to take a look at this West region real quick. It's Everyone's calling it the gauntlet region. Uh, five teams are in the top 11 of Ken Palm. That's, I don't know how that ends up happening, but I just want your real quick, where does UConn place in this West region? And we'll go around, see where we guys think. You can go biased, unbiased, whatever you want. Where do we, where do we stack up? Uh, there are really two teams in this conference or this region that really are. Uh, scare me as a UConn fan uh that would be UCLA and Kansas uh those guys are going to give us trouble uh UCLA uh I have in one of my brackets to win the entire tournament um they are back Uh, I remember they had a bit of a slow year last year uh but the year before that they were playing for a national championship I'm not sure they made it to the game or the they lost in the game right before it but they were right there uh, they have guys coming back, Tiger Campbell and such. Uh, very good team, very deep team. And they are a very well-coached team as well, UCLA, with the deep history. And then Kansas, obviously, uh, Grady Dick, great player. Uh, I'm not too well-versed with these guys, but I know that they are a great team, and they're here for a reason. Uh, I saw that Grady Dick was one of the best players in the country. I'm not sure if he made any teams over there, but they're another team that scares me, obviously, being the one. Obviously, obviously, I'm extremely worried about Kansas Um, coming off a national championship, just reloaded, brought some guys back, but having one of the better players in the country. But you call me a homer, 
You know, you could say I'm biased. You could say whatever. I got my Huskies. I really do. Like, it's hard to remove yourself from being a fan of a team. But I feel even if I could remove myself from it and have zero bias, then I would still take the Huskies. I just like the way we stack up against everyone else. And that's probably not true at all. You know, it is most definitely biased. I know exactly what this is. But, yeah, go Huskies. You know, obviously, the teams that scare me most like matter are UCLA and Kansas. But I think that, you know, if we beat Iona, you know, the wheels the wheels are going to be spinning a bit. You know, we win that second one, the wheels will get a little faster. But if we end up playing Kansas and we beat them, those wheels are going to be going four, mi- four million miles an hour and no one's going to be able to stop them. Honestly, a win against Kansas, the reigning national championships, the one seed, I think they're in like the top 10 all year. Um, a win against them in March, eliminating them, you know, having that um, crown of eliminating the the national champs from last year. I think that's going to shoot our confidence straight up through the air and teams aren't going to be ready for a, a UConn team that's that confident. Um, but that that Kansas game is probably going to be the hardest, if not maybe second hardest besides national championship, if we get their game that we're going to play. So I think if we beat Kansas, then obviously it's not a, it's not a coast. We're not playing Georgetown to get to the national championship game, but it's definitely that win against Kansas is definitely going to set us up for more success in the future with this tournament. And I'll have to agree with the majority here. I have UConn coming out of this West. And as for the team that scares me the most, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Gonzaga. They're a team on an off night that puts up 85, 90 points. And if they're playing any little bit of defense, you're, you're, you're screwed, but they have drew Timmy. They have, they have some good guards. They have Anton Watson, a solid defender, but Gonzaga kind of scares me. And I'm, I'm going off my bracket here. It's March Madness. We're talking about this Kansas-UConn matchup. Kansas doesn't beat Arkansas. It's March, baby. I got Arkansas beating Kansas, and we saw, we've saw seen a trend the past couple of years. We've seen a trend. Oral Roberts, St. Peter's, UNC Asheville. They got Drew Pember, averages 20 and 10. He takes the most free throws in the country. Tyjon Jones, a pretty solid pretty solid guard, 15, 16 points per game for Asheville. UCLA is without Jalen Clark. They may be without a Dembona, their starting center. I mean, this just smells an upset to me. Maybe it's just – I'll be – you can say it's because they're in UConn's region, but I've, I've been high on Asheville since their conference tournament. I was going to pick them no matter what. just happens to be in that UConn – region if i'm wrong go ahead you can clip this whatever you want but i'm probably wrong they have like an, a two percent chance of moving on but it's march madness you never know st peter's out of the mac beat kentucky last year and made it to the elite eight so yeah i feel like uconn i feel like I'll, I'll i'll share my path i think we beat iona i think we beat vcu who beat st mary's beat arkansas then beat gonzaga and then go to the final four i'm not going to share where we go after that but so I don't want to give too much away of my bracket, but yeah, that's what I got. And I think now that'll just about do it. I know we, we here at How About Them Huskies, we recently started a new partnership. I think, Andrew, you want to talk, touch on that a little bit? Yeah, so we are now uh, partnered with the UConn Report on UConnRivals.com, which is your home for all things Huskies recruiting and the team news in a website form. So, you know, you've got us with the – the listening part, but if if you don't like to listen to things for some reason, or you just want to read some more on it, you know they do a great job over there at the UConn Report putting our episodes into articles with quotes from us, um, and really highlighting 
things that we say, if you don't want to listen to all the stupid things we say in dialogue, um, they do a great job over there and we're, we're pretty proud to be uh, partnered with them. Now it's, it's a huge step for us and them. So definitely head on over there. If uh, even not just for us, if you want to read, they have a lot of great articles about recruiting. They go really in depth with recruiting. That's how I learned. Um, most of what I know about recruiting was from them. So I definitely head over there and read what they have to say. But yeah, we're we're very proud to be partnered with them uh, from now on. Yeah, it's really exciting. It's a new chapter for this podcast. We're, this is our first season. Hopefully we keep on going up, but hopefully we have another episode talking about a UConn game. I mean, it's it's hard to even fathom that this could be our last game of the season on Friday at 4.30. I mean, I don't want to think about it. I don't look at it that way, but it's very possible. I didn't look at it that way against New Mexico State, and two hours later, UConn doesn't have another game for another seven, eight months. So I'm, I don't want to end on a negative note here. UConn is going to beat Iona and move on. Actually, I'm not going to say that either because now they're going to lose. I, I don't know how I'm going to end this episode. But how about, yeah, Matt, you, you jump in here. Uh, I want to roll it with a segment that we've done all year. Uh, you know, we can end it on a lighter note. Uh, players to watch. Uh, who do we have going off in the game against Diana to send us to the next round? Yeah, give me Andre Jackson. Albany coming off a stinker, fouling 94 feet away from the basket. I still love Andre, fouling 94 feet away from the basket, 10 seconds after coming in with four fouls. But the way he was playing against Providence was so encouraging to me. So that's what I'm looking for. This is tough, but uh, give, me, give me Tristan Newton, honestly. I think that this is – this has got to be one of his first times playing in March, and I think he's happy to be here. You know, he really took ownership. Uh, I'm not going to get into this. So whatever happened behind the reason um, of him not starting against Providence, there were millions of rumors speculating that I don't even want to touch on. But, you know, I this is his first March Madness with us, and I think he's really – he's here to win. So I think he he's going to start off on the right foot here against Ione and have a – Great game. I think lots of assists, more than points. He'll be setting up Hawkins a lot, and then he'll drill that deep three like he always does. This has been and always will be a shooter's tournament. Uh, Jordan Hawkins has made the most March Madness-esque threes in random midseason games against Georgetown and DePaul that I've ever seen. Uh, I got a feeling that uh, Jordan Hawkins comes out and – shoots the lights out. I have a feeling uh, coming off a really bad game uh, against Marquette that he comes out and he feels like he has a chip on his shoulder and something to prove, especially with how this team has done in the in the past two tournaments. I, I got a feeling that Jordan Hawkins is going to have a great night. Now, if I'm going to go player, Naheem Aline's in double figures, but I'm going to go Dan Hurley. I mean, you're 0-2 in March Madness. This is, I mean, maybe I'm overreacting with the biggest game of his career at UConn. I mean, if you go 0-3 in March Madness when you're the higher seed in all of them, I mean, that I can understand some frustration from the fan base. This is a huge game for him and the staff. I feel like, I feel like they have the ability to get it done, but I'm going to go Hurley as my – I'll go coach to watch. And the last thing – that I'm going to end with here is I'm going to post this quote every day until Friday in Dan Hurley. We trust. That's a good way to end this. Thanks for watching.